Well, hello. My name is John Clark, and you're listening to the Jazz Focus, and uh, thank you for joining us again. We focus on some pretty uh, narrow, in a good way, elements of jazz recorded history, and we get in, in, into the weeds a little bit. And today, we're going to be listening to the bulk of the recordings that were made by a New Orleans piano player who brought his band to New York in 1933 to make a series of recordings for the Volcanion label. And the piano player's name was uh, Joe Robichaud. Uh, one of the French Creole African-American population of New Orleans. He was born in 1900 and lived until 1965. His uncle was uh, also a famous New Orleans musician named John Robichaux, who was a violinist and a band leader. He uh, was an arranger as well. He tended to play less uh, jazz. In fact, jazz hadn't really been invented by uh, the time that he started playing in the 1880s and 90s. He led what was uh, probably would be known today as a society band in New Orleans, played for some high-class functions for Creoles and white audiences. And um, for a while anyway, I believe he led the band at the Lyric Theater in New Orleans in the 1910s and 20s, which became one of the uh, T.O.B.A., Theater, Theater Owners Booking Association Theaters for African-American vaudeville acts. And many uh, of the great singers and African-American artists passed through the Lyric Theater, and I believe John Robichaud was their band leader when they were there. But Joe Robichaud on piano started playing uh, in New Orleans in the late 1910s. In fact, he went to Chicago with the cornetist T Tig Chambers in about 1918. He didn't last very long there. He came back to New Orleans and played in a number of bands. He can be heard uh, on the famous Jones Collins Astoria Hot 8 recording sessions in the late 1920s that were done in New Orleans. He was the pianist and the arranger for some of that as well. And he jobbed around uh, with different bands. The group that we're going to hear is actually a, a kind of a combination of a combo and a little big band. They obviously were playing some arrangements. They might have been stock arrangements, but most likely they were head arrangements of original tunes, at least the first uh, recordings that we're going to hear. And uh, he had enough success in New Orleans with this little group, which was called uh, Joe Robichaud and his New Orleans Rhythm Boys, that he attracted the attention of Ocalion Records, who, rather than waiting for uh, the recording studios to go back to New Orleans, this being the Depression, it wasn't likely to happen, they brought the band up to New York to record on several days, about five consecutive days, in August of 1933, the 22nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. But unfortunately, that did not translate into a New York residency because of union rules. They weren't allowed to play uh, in any halls that uh, catered to union musicians because they were out-of-towners, and they would have had to wait for six months or something like that for their union card. So they basically made these recordings and then turned around and went right back to New Orleans. And uh, Robichaud played in and around New Orleans largely for the rest of his life until 1965. He uh, later made recordings with Monette Moore, uh, Lizzie Miles with the George Lewis Band. He toured with the uh, George Lewis Band in the uh, early 1960s as well. So these recordings that we're going to hear today are kind of remarkable for 1933. They are of a, a, a permanently established uh, African-American band playing hot jazz, which uh, was unusual in several regards. Um, even though this was a time when there were quite a few black bands playing in New York and around, they didn't have a great deal of opportunity to record their own repertoire. Sometimes they were recording um, stock arrangements or something like that, like the Fletcher Henderson Band, although they did some of their jazz repertoire. But this was a virtually unknown band outside of New Orleans, and they were brought into the studio to play some pretty uncompromising jazz, as I think you'll agree. So let me tell you the personnel. Uh, we have Joe Robichaud, of course, on piano and presumably arranging for some of these. On trumpet, we have Eugene Ware, Alfred Guichard on clarinet and alto sax. He also uh, takes a vocal here and there. Gene Porter on tenor sax and clarinet. Renee Hall on banjo and guitar. Walter Williams on guitar and Ward Crosby on drums. No bass on these sessions, kind of interesting. Um, Joe Robichaud played a pretty solid left hand, so they did without the bass. Uh, so there are two clarinets, as I said. Uh, Alfred Guichard, I think, is the more Barney Bagard type of stylist, which we'll hear on some of the recordings coming up. We'll try to untangle those as we go. So we're going to play five tunes from their first session, which was August 22nd of 1933. And we're going to hear uh, a cover of the Duke Ellington tune, Ring Dem Bells. In fact, uh, I think this was a stock arrangement. If it wasn't, it's a pretty faithful transcription of the Ellington recording from the period. We did a podcast a while back of Ellington cover bands and Somehow this one didn't make it on there, but it certainly would have been uh, in pride of place there. 
So Ring Dem Bells will be followed by uh, a not terribly ballad-like performance of Harold Arling's Stormy Weather, which was a new tune at the time. you hear a vocal on there. Then we're going to hear Zola, uh, which was, I believe, an original. I'll let you know if, as things go along. Then Saturday Night Fish Fry Drag, a good uh, bluesy type of tune, followed by a real bluesy type of tune, the St. Louis Blues, which is a fast version of that tune, which seems to take elements from the Louis Armstrong recording and possibly even the Archie Blyer stock arrangement. So those are going to be our five tunes. Uh, from August 22nd of 1933, Joseph, Joseph Robichaux and his New Orleans Rhythm Boys, Ring Dem Bells, Stormy Weather, Zola, Saturday Night Fish Fry Drag, and the St. Louis Blues.
Some amazingly hot music to be recorded in 1933 by a no-name band, and the fact that they received so much opportunity, so many opportunities to record during that less than a week period at the end of August in 1933 is really remarkable. I don't know what the backstory is with those recordings, but um, we're very fortunate to have them. So we started out with the Ellington tune pretty faithful rendition of the Ellington recording of Ring Dem Bells. And that featured clarinet, I think anyway, and tenor sax by Gene Porter. Gene Porter uh, was from Mississippi, and uh, he played clarinet and saxophone in New Orleans with various uh, groups. He ended up going to New York in the later part of the 30s. He played with Benny Carter, recorded with Fats Waller, played with Jimmy Lunsford, so he must have been a very good musician in the 1940s, and uh, continued playing at St. Louis and different places up until he died uh, at a fairly advanced age in about 1980 or so. The alto saxophone solo in that case, of course, was by Alfred Guichard, who was a New Orleans musician who, uh, I think, played most of his career in New Orleans. The interesting thing about these musicians is, other than the leader, Joe Robichaud, and the banjo player, uh, Rene Hall, I don't believe any of them ever had any feature recordings again. Um, there might be some one-offs here and there, but that's about it. Uh, Guichard can be heard on alto sax on all of these tracks, and Porter on tenor sax, and we'll try to untangle the clarinets as best we can. We also heard some very fiery trumpet playing by Eugene, a.k.a. Gene Ware. Uh, he was a trumpet player who was a, a fixture on the riverboats in the late 1910s and early 20s. He played in New Orleans with Sidney Devine, uh, with Joe Robichaud, and with a number of other groups as well. He also was a teacher, and uh, Lionel Furbos, who uh, was a New Orleans trumpet player, lived to a very ripe old age, about 103, uh, was one of his students, probably in the early 1920s. Then we had Renee Hall playing a banjo solo on that last tune, St. Louis Blues, and being heard in the rhythm section otherwise. He came to a fair degree of prominence as a rhythm and blues uh, arranger and guitar player in the 50s and 60s. He had an association 
with Ike and Tina Turner, among other uh, rhythm and blues acts, and he did quite well uh, soloing, play, uh, recording tunes that he re, uh, that he composed and arranged all through that period. I don't know much about Walter Williams, the guitar player. He also sings on some of these numbers. I think he took the vocal on Zola, although it's not credited. And then Ward Crosby, a New Orleans drummer who uh, can be seen uh, in, in press releases playing with uh, circuses, carnivals, and tent shows as late as 1948. Uh, he was in one band that was under the direction of Punch Miller, who was also making his living doing that at the time. And we also got to hear some very uh, sure-handed uh, stride piano from Joe Robichaux, especially on that last number, St. Louis Blues. So, we heard, uh, to begin with, as I said, Ring Dem Bells, and then following that, we heard um, Stormy Weather, kind of an unusual recording of that tune, which we think of as a very slow ballad, but there it was taken at a, at a moderate dance tempo with a little uh, stomp uh, element going on in there as well. Well, it hadn't quite achieved its ballad status. Uh, we also um, heard some uh, good playing by, I think it was Guichard on clarinet in there as well. Then we went to that tune Zola, an interesting thing. I think it was an original, and um, that featured some good solos, and as I said, a vocal possibly by Walter Williams. After that, we heard a nice bluesy tune, Saturday Night Fish Fry Drag, which uh, featured all of the horns, or many of the horns in there, playing uh, a nice relaxed blues, or a bluesy type of performance, I should say. And then a performance ending up that set that was not relaxed at all, a really driving performance of St. Louis Blues that featured all of the musicians in solo, except for Walter Williams and Ward Crosby. And we heard some very good Louis Armstrong-inspired trumpet playing by Gene Ware as well. So we're going to play two more tunes from that August 22nd set in our uh, or session in our next set. We're going to hear the Foot Scuffle and King Kong Stomp original tunes uh, by Robichaux, and uh, they feature the same soloist. Then we're going to leap ahead to the next day, August 23rd of 1933, and we're going to hear Every Tub, and that was from a saying called Every Tub on Its Own Bottom, which was a, a phrase that uh, jazz musicians used in jam sessions, that everybody was on his own. And tunes by that title that were unrelated or basically unrelated were recorded by King Oliver's band and also a little bit later by Count Basie and his band. So after every tub we're going to hear a, a more relaxed ballad-like performance, After Me the Sun Goes Down, again with a vocal by possibly Walter Williams in that case. Then we're going to finish up with a, uh, a fast version of a standard tune from slightly earlier period. Sleep, Come On and Take Me. That's definitely a Walter Williams vocal in there. And that's from August 24th of 1933. So all of these by Joe Robichaux, Joseph Robichaux, as the uh, labels had, and his New Orleans Rhythm Boys on their very short stint recording in New York City.
So there we have some fairly uncharacterizable jazz from 1933. We have a New Orleans band playing in, in nothing that we would consider a New Orleans style if we associate New Orleans music with traditional jazz, Dixieland, what have you. This is uh, very much in the swing idiom, the early swing idiom from 1933, um, played by uh, musicians who are clearly uh, listening to Duke Ellington and um, uh, probably Louis Armstrong and a swing band at any rate, and some of the, the hot uh, records that were being made from that. That period. So we started out with Foot Scuffle, and I should mention most of these originals are not credited on the record label in Vocalion. They are just uh, listed as by Joe Robichaud and his New Orleans Rhythm Boys, so presumably it was Robichaud himself and maybe with some input from the other musicians who put these together. Uh, Foot Scuffle um, was actually uh, a, a variation on Tiger Rag, or the third strain of Tiger Rag, which was very common in the day. This Tiger Rag, in some ways, was almost as common as the blues as a way of uh, getting a, a framework to create a new song or new performance uh, from. We can hear many, many variations of Tiger Rag from the mid-1920s up to the mid-1930s from all bands, Louis Armstrong, uh, Duke Ellington, what have you. So after Foot Scuffle, we went to King Kong Stop, which was a very fast blues. And um, that's balanced by the next tune, which was Every Tub. I mentioned the, the provenance of that uh, term. This was actually also based on Tiger Rag, and in this case features a really uh, fleet clarinet solo by Gene Porter, uh, who I don't believe played tenor on that one, or a tenor, a tenor sax solo. He played clarinet very much in the New Orleans style. I think it was he who did some of the Barney Begard-influenced uh, solos from the uh, first set we did, uh, Ring Them Bells and so forth. And then we heard a, a very effective alto solo from his section mate, Alfred Grichard. And uh, clearly he had been listening to uh, Benny Carter and some of the other players from that period as well. Then we heard kind of a nice tune, After the Sun... Uh, after, after Me, the Sun Goes Down. That's the official title. And we heard a vocal, I believe, by Walter Wheeler, or Walter Williams, the guitar player. He seems to have taken the lead vocals on many of these, maybe most of them. And Alfred Guichard did some background vocals and occasionally some uh, commentary and so forth. So After Me, uh, after me the Sun Goes Down. Kind of a nice ballad, bluesy performance. And we heard some very good playing by all hands. Uh, I should mention the leader, Joe Robichaud, was an excellent stride pianist from this period. He wasn't known outside of New Orleans. Orleans, but uh, he takes solos on most of these tracks from the set that we are in the midst of now, and you can see that he had been influenced by certainly James P. Johnson, but also Earl Hines, uh, and had some very up-to-date effects in his piano playing as well. And then we finished up that session with a 1923 tune by Earl Libig called Sleep, Come On and Take Me. And this was a very uh, riotous performance of that. And very often this song is played as an up-tempo. Ben Webster did it at one point in the 1940s. And uh, it tends to uh, inspire people to uh, play uh, in contradistinction to the title, not sleepy at all. And we heard some excellent solos on there and another vocal by Walter. Actually, in that case, no, that vocal was by by Walter Williams on that one. Sleep, come on and take me. And that, I should mention, was from the third day of this marathon recording project, August 24th of 1933. So we have one more session. We're going to uh, do another from that August 24th session. This is I Would Do Anything For You, uh, the theme song of the Claude Hopkins band. Claude Hopkins and Alex Hill collaborated on this tune to fine pianists, certainly. And uh, we'll hear a, a, a suitably... Uh, forthright version of this tune using riffs and uh, a lot of driving uh, emotion. I should mention in Sleep, the tune we finished up the last set with, we actually heard a an arranged passage for the two saxophones, played very loosely but clearly arranged and probably written out to some degree. Uh, most of the tunes uh, that we've heard so far other than that one seem to be almost head arrangements or jam session fodder. Uh, going on, we're going to hear some more organized things and probably some things that the band was reading from stock arrangements. Um, perhaps after a couple of days Days of originals, the recording director wanted some tunes that people would recognize and uh, asked the band to record those. So following I would do anything for you, we do uh, the um, Hoagie Carmichael tune, Lazy Bones, and this will feature a vocal by Alfred Guichard, so we can hear the difference in vocal quality there. Then we're going to hear the standard uh, from that period, uh, the Warren and Dubin standard, 42nd Street, from one of those uh, early Warner Brothers uh, sound musicals, and... Um, 
that uh, has a, a, a particularly exciting version. I think that must be taken apart from the stock arrangement. And then we're going to hear a New Orleans standard, uh, Shake It and Break It, and not the tune by Joe Frisco and Qualey Clark that was popular in the 1920s. This is more along the lines of the traditional uh, New Orleans version of the Weary Blues, Artie Matthews' ragtime jazz tune from the 1910s, and this has some lyrics as well. Uh, again, don't know who the vocalist was, possibly Walter Williams in this case. And we'll hear some uh, good New Orleans-style playing on this. And this is probably as close to the traditional New Orleans style as we get with these Joe Robichaux uh, recordings from 1933. So, let me refresh your memory on the personnel. We have Eugene Ware on trumpet doing some outstanding Louis Armstrong-inspired uh, solos, Alfred Guichard playing clarinet and alto sax, Gene Porter playing clarinet and tenor sax, Rene Hall on banjo, he took a couple of very effective solos in the last set, Walter Williams playing rhythm guitar and doing a lot of vocals, and Ward Crosby on drums. This is Joe Robichaux and his New Orleans Rhythm Boys. And this set, I Would Do Anything For You, Lazy Bones, 42nd Street and shake it and break it. <laughs> Sleep all day. Oh man, I ain't sleep. I'm just riffing. Whoa, 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 get up from here. Come on and listen to these rhythm boys riff a
in the sun. Now how you expect to get your day's work done? You'll never get your day's work done. Sleeping in the noonday sun. You just a lazy bone. Sleeping in the shade. Now how you expect to get your cornmeal made? You'll never get your cornmeal made. Yeah, sleeping in the evening shade. Now when tears be spreading, I bet you keep praying the bugs just fall off the vine. And when you go fishing, I bet you keep wishing the fish never bite on your line. You just lay it bone, loafing all through the day. Now how you expect to make a dime that way? You never make a dime that way. Well look at here, you never hear a word I say.
There you have a pro NRA message at the end of Shaking and Breaking in there, and the end of the vocal at any rate. Support the NRA. Uh, very period message right at the beginning of the Roosevelt presidency. So there we have Joe Robichaud, Joseph Robichaud and his New Orleans Rhythm Boys. If you have to compare that uh, recording style or that band style with anybody else, I guess it almost sounds a little bit like the Louis Russell band of a few years earlier, a group of largely New Orleans natives and people who were um, conversant in that style, playing a more swing, big band, uh, arranged version of New Orleans jazz. Although, with New Orleans, or with the Louis Russell band, I think it was a little closer to what we would consider traditional jazz. But this band, led by Robichaud, was really an extraordinary group, and it's very fortunate that they had the opportunity to record so much of their repertoire in August of 1933. So I hope you've enjoyed that. We listened to I Would Do Anything For You. We used a lot of riffs. This was a band early on that was using riffs. It probably was influenced uh, maybe even by the Benny Moten Band and their uh, use of riffs out of the uh, Southwest Kansas City tradition. After that, Lazy Bones, featuring that uh, vocal by Alfred Guichard in that case. 42nd Street, another very powerful performance, and then ending up with Shake It and Break It, one of the traditional tunes that they recorded, actually one of the only traditional tunes they recorded, and that featured a vocal, I believe, by uh, Walter Williams in that case, but I'm not so sure about that. There are two takes of Shake It and Break It, and the other one that I did not play was Faster. This one had a kind of a groove to it, and really must have uh, driven the dancers wild at that tempo with that driving beat that they had, even without a bass, and you don't notice the uh, absence of a bass in this case because, again, of Joe Robichaud's uh, excellent left hand and the solid rhythm of the banjo and guitar along with the drums, Ward Crosby on drums. So you've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you're enjoying these programs. If you'd like to be our sponsor, please do so. You can hit that little button on your browser for a continuing sponsorship on a monthly basis or a one-time sponsorship. We would appreciate any and all new members of the family. Love to hear your opinions as well. I am on Facebook and Instagram under my band name, which is Wolverine Jazz Band, The Wolverine Jazz Band. You can also check us out on wolverinejazzband.net and see what we're up to. Out of that as well. So until next time, I'll see you on the other side.